Good afternoon and welcome back to True Dominion Ministries. This is your host, Latanya Stevens. And I just want to say that I am so happy to be back on the air. Um, Christopher has been holding it down for me and giving you guys a word each and every week on a consistent basis, a true word from God. And I am so proud of him and so happy about his messages that he has been delivering each and every week since February. So here I am, I'm back and I do have a word. I do have a word, but it is more of a discussion. So thank God that this is a podcast. This word, I titled it, Who Are We to Judge? And it just came to me as I was reading in Acts about Saul um, before he was Paul, of course. And we as a society, we as people, no matter what ethnicity we are, no matter what age we are, we have a tendency to judge people by our own opinions we have the tendency to judge people because we ourselves can be self-righteous we ourselves can think highly of ourselves and not be honest about it and so as I was looking at the person Saul and I was looking I said let me go back let me let me just go back to where he began him being a Pharisee which meant that he was very religious, which meant that he was traditional, which meant that he was uh, more concerned about the outward form, but was empty on the inside of faith and the real spiritual reality. They rejected the son of God, which is Jesus. And so as I look at him as a person, I'm like, well, he believes who he is. He is only the person that he was ever taught to be. He can only be who he knows. But when I look back at who they were as Pharisees and they used words like prayer and repentance and fasting and giving because this is the New Testament. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23 verses 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation, Jesus says, he says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they preach. Can I say we are the Saul today where we don't practice what we preach? When we know that the word says, love your neighbor. When we know that the word says, when we have Uh, problems or you know issues with our brothers and sisters that we're to go to them we are Saul today and we haven't recognized it we haven't looked at ourselves because we have become self-righteous we think that because we put oil on our forehead or because we read three chapters tonight or because we laid on our face and prayed for three hours that it makes us righteous that it that it makes us right with God but in fact it's our heart and the only person that can change our heart is Jesus so I had to ask myself who are we to judge if Saul (laughs) can be changed Who are we to judge? We better be very, very, very careful. It was still a chance of change. People still have the chance to change. But before I go into that, what I want to talk about is the man who taught Saul. And his name was Gamaliel. And he calls himself a doctor of the law in Acts chapter 5, 34. It says, then stood there up 
one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law and in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Well, it gives us a brief description about him. This was like being a student of Harvard Law School. Okay, he was taught by the best. And when you go to law school, you think of you study cases, you study the facts, you're focused, it's very intense. Um, you may even read a lot. And most of all, they believe what's right. When you study the law, you believe in what's right. So you consider yourself to be righteous. You consider yourself to be the one who can decipher right from wrong and you can negate the fact that you're still not the one to change anyone's heart. And this is the basis of Saul being on a full mission to persecute the church by way of imprisonment and stoning and death, all because of them teaching a new way to salvation through Jesus and stating that Jesus was the Messiah. He had, he got a problem with that. Like, no, that ain't right. That ain't, that ain't what we about over here. Okay. We about laws. That's what we do. <laughs> and he's stating that fact, but he believes wholeheartedly that he is right. Okay. He was sure that by killing them, that's what God wanted. And he described himself as I was far more zealous for the traditions of my fathers in Philippians three and six. Okay, he was exactly who he had been taught to be. And he began to exercise the authority that was given to him. And he was very misguided and misdirected without even knowing it. How many of us are misguided and misdirected and not even know it? Or we just choose not to be honest with ourselves. And so just as we look at others and call ourselves right and them wrong or we're called and they're not I believe it's time to take a step back I believe it's time to stick take a step back and make sure we take the pole out of our eyes make sure we do a self-examination because how dare we think that we are so good of God's grace and mercy and not the next person not our neighbor that we're supposed to love basically Saul saw Christianity as a threat that was his whole problem. He saw us as a threat, okay? And if I can be honest, don't we look at the news and we see that the United States sees Muslims as a threat? Don't we look at the news and look at other cultures and we see them as a threat? And I'm African-American and I know that I'm looked at as a threat for whatever reason, okay? But that's a whole nother story. So because in Acts chapter nine, on the road to Damascus, Jesus interrupts his plan of going to persecute more Christians. And Jesus introduces himself in verse five, saying, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. In which his experience left him without sight for three days and a complete fast. In verse nine, I'm a true believer that everyone can be saved. I believe what the Bible says. If you confess with your mouth. I do believe everyone can be saved if you have a heart of repentance. I do believe everyone can be saved. I'm not going to go into the whole deliverance and things. I think we sometimes we just overdo it. That's a whole nother thing. But just to be saved. Yes, we can all be saved. Okay. If we believe. 
Now, I truly believe, and I don't know who's with me or, or not with me, but this is what I believe. I believe that everybody on this earth is going to be given a chance or an opportunity to have an experience with God at some point in time in their life, whether they invite him in or not. I believe that you will not leave this earth without having some type of experience with God. I don't believe you. I don't believe that that'll happen. I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're a Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal. I don't care what your denomination is. I don't believe whether you believe in him or not. I do not believe that you will leave this earth and not have had one experience with him. I don't believe it. And this is why I say that. Going back to what I said earlier, I don't care how many church services you go to. I don't care how many sermons you hear. I don't care how much oil you put on the top of your head or how long you can pray. You will never change anybody without the word of God. And you will never change yourself having an experience with God. Every disciple had an experience. Mary had an experience. And I know that the disciples, they were just told, follow me. Okay. But because we have to kind of read in between the lines, you have to, I have to picture that. Okay. What was it about Jesus that they just said, okay, all right, let me put down my fishing pole. Let me put down my tax papers. Let me put down my money to follow you. There has had to be an, I don't know. I mean, like a piece about him, glory. There had to be something about him. The Bible doesn't go all into details. You know, it just say like, oh, they just followed him. Like, okay, word. I know you, (laughs) you know, but in reality, when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you just going to follow him, right? Like you just, you just going to leave your job. You you just going, you don't need no job, huh? You don't need your money. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you know, and that's how I look at it. But at the same time, it's like this. Whenever you go to a church service and you're listening to the preacher or pastor or whoever it is that you um, are being mentored by or given knowledge from what the person is ultimately saying, what that preacher or that pastor is ultimately saying is come and follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ until you get to can get to the place where you know him for yourself or you have an understanding of who he is. The word or the message that they give is supposed to say now, I don't know if they all say this. Come follow me. Not as you know, we're God ourselves or anything like that. Like we just, you know, I'm gonna be your God. That's not what I mean. But what I'm saying is. When you hear the word of God, it's supposed to change you. It's supposed to prick something in your heart to change whatever issues, whatever your mindset is. It's supposed to renew your mind. It's supposed to create in you a clean heart. But I believe that sometimes we're not seeing the changed hearts or the renewed minds because the people are sometimes being given personality and they're given everything else but 
the word of God. And what I mean by the word of God, yes, they can quote scriptures. Yes, they can read you a passage, give you a message and send you on out the door. But the truth of the matter is Jesus is coming back. And that is the word of God. Jesus is coming back. There was no one in the Bible who was better than Jesus. There was no one in the Bible that supersedes Jesus. We can talk about Jacob and Esau. We can talk about Mary. We can talk about Elijah and Elisha. We can talk about Peter, James, John, Matthew, Luke. (laughs) We could talk about all of them. But at the end of the day, we're not supposed to be simply storytellers where we just tell a story over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. We're seeing a lot of gifts and talents, but the lack of understanding of the word of God. I don't see too often where there is an altar call for Jesus. I see an altar call for to lay hands. I see an altar call for prophecy, but there's not too many times that I see an altar call to say, would you like to give your life to Christ? And I believe that's where we're going wrong because if we're not inviting them, we can invite them to the house of God, but this is not your destination. This is not where you're to stay. This is not where you're to rest. This is where you come to get encouragement. This is where you come to learn. This is where you come to grow. But in actuality, you're supposed to be giving your life to Christ. No man or woman is your God. No leader is your God. And so, and I'm going off a base here because this is not even in my notes. So, I mean, I'm just going to flow with it. Okay. I know I'm supposed to be talking about Saul right now, but we have to get back to a place where we're teaching Christ because if not, then we'll still be talking about the woman at the well. We'll still be talking about with the, the woman with the issue of blood. What was the principle behind that? What was Jesus saying? We're not supposed to just keep telling stories that we've heard 50 million times. What was, okay, what was it that I'm supposed to get out of this? Okay, the one with the issue of blood. Yeah, my faith. Okay, yeah, okay. Now tell me a little bit more about that. How do I have faith in, in Jesus? How do I have faith? We have, to, we have to make sure that the people understand because if the people don't understand, then they're just walking in here in a story for story time and then they go home. And so we have to do better because here it is. You might have someone like Saul walking in. You might have someone like Saul who has a murderous heart, who believes whatever he's doing is right, who wants to take the people out because he's, he, he believes that he's doing God a favor. Okay. You may have someone like that coming to your church. What are you going to do with that? tell them a story the word of God is more than just a story can we get past the story there's a deep there's a deeper understanding than the story and so let me let me just kind of move on because I don't want to I don't want to get too sidetracked but hey I'm flowing that's what God wanted to say that's what we're gonna do okay going back to we have to be careful about judging what God has chosen. We have to be very careful because you don't know the experience that a person has with God. You don't know why he sent them to your church. You don't know why that person has become the person that they are. And you have to ask why you have to, you have to, because God may not reveal that to you. God may not tell you, and you may just have to ask. 
Saul didn't have the right beliefs, but he believed in something. And it just wasn't the right thing to believe in. And nobody could have preached to Saul. You got to understand this. Nobody could have preached to Saul a changed heart. It was only because of his encounter with Jesus that he saw the truth and believed. And this is where we have to be careful of judging what God has chosen. And that's why we find it strange when a prisoner or a prostitute or atheist wants to preach. You don't know who God has chosen. Every converted person does not convert in a crowd. And some converts are in silence, their solitude, or just by themselves. And when Jesus came to Saul, the Bible says in verse seven, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. They could not see what he saw, but they heard it. And it wasn't for everyone to see. And that's what we got. That's what we have to understand. My conversion may not be meant for you to see at that moment. Okay. It wasn't for everyone to see. However, they were a witness to what his plans were on the road to Damascus. They were a witness when they heard the voice. They were a witness when they saw that he had blinded eyes. And so here comes Ananias because God gives Ananias a vision, um, which is Ananias is a disciple in verse 10 through 12. Jesus gives him a vision to pray and lay hands on Saul and receive his sight. And Ananias, and I'm paraphrasing, Ananias is like, say what now? Like, okay, um, do what now? <laughs> and in verse 13, it says, Ananias answered, Lord. Now, can't I, I'm, I'm really imagining that. Like, the Lord tell you to go lay hands on your enemy. And you're like, Lord, say what now? <laughs> you know? And he answered, Lord. Like, that's the first thing we say. You know what I mean? We, we'd be like, wait a minute. I don't think I heard you right. <laughs> and he didn't understand it, what the Lord was talking about. But he, I know he thought like, that sound real crazy right now. So Ananias said, Lord, I have heard by many of this man, how much evil he have done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And in verse 14, and here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. So Ananias is like, um, sir, Jesus, um, I know you have all the fruits of the spirit and everything, but, um, it must be my time to go. Cause that's what you're saying, right? Like, I'm just going to go lay hands on him. Like that's really going to happen. And what you're telling me is I'm going to lay hands and I'm going to pray for this man who hates us and kills us because of your name. Yeah. Okay. So in verse 15, it says, but the Lord said unto him, go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name, the same name he killing folks for now, before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And in verse 16, it says, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Here's what I want to say on that. No matter if we agree with who God has chosen, who, who, who he has called, who he has turned their heart, their behavior, their demeanor. It doesn't matter if we agree with it or not. 
but we best be careful about putting our mouth on people. It's not just prophets that we need to be careful about putting our mouth on. It's everybody, anybody who is breathing because they're still breathing the breath of God. And we need to understand that because if we're really going to believe this word, we need to believe that we do need to love our neighbors. We need to believe that God can change anybody. If we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose on the third day so that we may be saved, then yes, Saul can become Paul. Then yes, Saul can be saved from his murderous heart. Saul can be changed. All those bad things about him. All God did was turn him into a good thing on his side. And I may not articulate that just the way you might want to hear it, but okay. He was already focused. He was already intense. He was, he already believed in whatever it was he believed in, in his traditions and, and in the laws, he already believed in that stuff. He already had a heart for those things. And all God did was turn his heart towards him. That's all he did. And he did it on a road, on a dirt road, on his way traveling. And we all know that God can talk to us anywhere. We know that he could deal with us however he want to deal with us. When we say, Lord, have your way, don't be surprised where he might have his way at. And so who are we to judge? Because he simply said, for he is a chosen vessel. What you going to do? What did Ananias do? He did exactly what Jesus said do. Because he knew better. He knew that he had to complete the assignment. That was his assignment. What if your assignment is to go lay hands on? on your enemy what if your assignment is to pray for your enemy the bible said pray for your enemies do we believe that do we actually do that our hearts may be the ones that need to be checked we need to do some self-examination because when the prostitutes come in the church the drug addicts come in the church the ones that we obviously can see the homeless people come into the church the gay people come into the church you gonna tell me they not chosen you better be very very careful you better be very careful because you don't know who God is going to use. He knew exactly what he was doing when he chose Saul, but his disciples didn't. His disciples didn't believe that Saul was really changed. The disciples didn't believe that Saul can be a disciple. They like, wait a minute, hold up. This is the same dude that was trying to kill us. Why in the world would we decide to partner up with him? Like, Lord, um, I think you might have went to sleep for a little while and you might have missed something because I mean, you might have been busy with somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't see what he was doing. So let's um, let's try to figure this thing out because it's something you might not know. But in verse 26 of chapter nine, it says, and Saul was come to Jerusalem. He essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. And so Barnabas had to come in and say, yeah, yeah, he one of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's true. <laughs> you know, but he had witnesses. Ananias had to go lay hands because somebody had to be a witness. A disciple had to be a witness to this. God is going to show us who's who. We don't need to worry about that. But in verse 16, where I want to go back to where it says, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. No matter what people have done to you, no matter what their agenda is, no matter what they do to us Christians, no matter what they do to your ethnic background, no matter what they say about you, no matter how they lie about you, scandal your name, whatever. 
God has a plan. God has a plan. And you will not leave this earth until you pay the price. And if you don't pay the price, if you don't pay the price on earth, there is judgment day. So no one is getting away with anything. And that's where I have to go back and say, do we really believe the word? Because we always want to clap back. We got something to say. We got to defend ourselves. I'm feeling offended. You offended me now. So let me go ahead and handle you real quick. Let me go ahead and nip this in the blood real quick. I ain't got to do that. And you don't have to do it. God has a plan. God will work it out. They will pay the price. We all will pay the price for the sins that we've done. In essence of if we don't have a repentant heart about it. Okay. So who are we to judge? Who have you judged? Who have you condemned? Who have you, have you been so self-righteous that you think that nobody else can be a pastor or nobody else can be a prophet or nobody else can be a teacher, but you. It sounds good to give people encouragement. It sounds good to say, yeah, you can do it. But do you really give people the opportunity? Do you really believe that God is sending people into your path so that they can learn from you so that you can mentor them so that so the disciple can go and get other disciples? The Bible says disciples begot disciples. So have you multiplied? Are we multiplying disciples? Or are we the only ones who God has called? Are we the only ones who can lay hands? Are we the only ones who can give the word accurately and articulately? Because the truth of the matter is no one person has all the answers. No one person has all the answers. I learned from many different people at many different stages in my life. And I am grateful and I have thanked God for each and every last one of them because they all had something that I needed. And I also understand that there will be people who God will send my way that I have something that they need. And how dare I be selfish to think that because I'm called, I'm the only one. God never just chose one other than Jesus. There's only one Jesus. Now we can go through the whole situation of Adam and all that. Nah, we ain't doing that. There's only one Jesus. We gonna keep the word simple. We don't need to complicate things. We need to come on to the New Testament. We need to teach the word of the New Testament, the Gospels. That's why you have Matthew and Mark, Luke and John. Teach the Gospels. So that we can know who we are. And then we can move on through the storytelling and we can figure out who we are, where we are. If we, if we have conviction with the word, do we love the word? Are we willing to follow the word? Are we willing to go to God and say, God, I can't do it by myself. Are we willing to hand over the torch to pass it on to the next person that's behind you? And that's for the vets, the, the, the vets and pastoring and preachers can you hand over the torch can you train someone else with what God gave you you thought it was such a blessing when God gave it to you but you won't give it away one thing about it God all made all of us individuals there's only one of each of us 
There's only one, even if we're twins, there's one. And we need to realize that we're supposed to be in unity. We're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to be kind. And we need to be careful of how we judge people. We, he did not send us here to judge people and condemn people. That is not our job. The disciples job was to preach the word. That's what their job was. They were called to follow him. And that is my message for this afternoon. I thank you all for listening. Tune in to next week for another episode at True Dominion Ministries. Have a great day.